Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Thanks for dropping by my weekly workshop, coming to you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada. For those new arrivals to our community, the weekly workshop features a compilation of my content from the last seven days, including, but not limited to, inspiration for would-be side hustlers and full-time giggers, tool and gear reviews, and finding financial and lifestyle freedom through entrepreneurship. And also, if you prefer your content of the video variety, you can find it all at toolmantim.co. Thanks for taking the time to have a listen, and with that, let's dive into this week's edition of the Weekly Workshop. Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. And we talk about tools. It's Monday, which means it's time for another money-making minute. And this week, I got yet another good one for you. I want to share with you the essential tools I use for putting together IKEA furniture and some tips for doing it more efficiently and maybe starting a side hustle of putting together flat pack furniture. So hang in there, I'll be right back. Alright guys, real quick, if you're new here, go by toolmantim.co, that's toolmantim.co to find out everything there is to know about who I am. Find my social media links there, follow me, interact in our community, and check it out. And if you're looking for, say, recommended products or solutions to problems you might have, go by toolmantim.shop. I've got over 100 Amazon links there of products I've tested that I've used in my handyman business that have made me money or saved me money. Stuff like, ah, I got paint on vinyl siding, I got to get rid of it, what do I use? Or, I got a heavy picture on a wall, I got to hang a heavy picture, and I can't drill holes, what do I use? Got products all there that have all met the Toolman Tim seal of approval. Check it out. Anything you pick up over there will help support this channel by giving us a small commission and help support the content that we create. So thanks guys, you know I always appreciate that. Okay, so this week I wanted to share with you my love for putting together furniture, flat pack furniture. I kind of enjoy it. Sometimes I grumble when my wife asks me to do it, but I really do enjoy it for the most part. And I think it goes way back to my my second job after university. The first one was a night manager at a Dairy Queen. The second one was working on the service counter at a big, a, a good size hardware slash building supply store. I loved the service set of the service desk because I got to talk to people all day long about tools and I got to put together all kinds of fun products. <clears throat> and you know, I would just set up in the middle of the main power alley that where we would put our products together and say I'd put together a bike and some customer would come along and be like, oh, is that your ride home? <laughs> or then I'd put together a barbecue and they'd come along, oh, when are the, barbecue, or when are the burgers going to be ready? And every time somebody would come and say that, they always thought that they were the funniest person in the world and that they were the first person that ever come up with that. But, you know, whatever. It was funny at the time. And so then the guy, uh, you know, a little bit of an older fellow that taught me how to put all this product together. Maybe what I should say is he taught me how not to put it together. Because <clears throat> his idea of putting together a barbecue was it typically involved a three-pound three sledgehammer and a cordless drill. <laughs> and if you need that kind of stuff to put together a barbecue you probably got problems. I even remember him rolling a barbecue along one day and a couple of the bolts falling literally right out of it. So if nothing else, maybe I learned some of the things that you shouldn't do. But you know what? Flat People love Ikea. I literally hate going into Ikea. And I'm going to talk about Ikea in this video because that is the big one that we deal with. <laughs> 
I hate going there. I won't go in there unless I absolutely, if my wife says you have to come in here because there's something I can't lift, okay, I'll come in, but I don't want to. That being said, customers love buying the stuff, but it is stressful for them if they don't have the gear or the know-how of how to put it together. So we can help relieve some of their stress by offering a furniture assembly service. And it's something I do a fair bit. We live quite a, we live almost three hours from Nikea, but people still go to the city, still buy it, and still call me and say, hey, Tim, can you put this together? And I will say, sure, why not? I enjoy it. So what do I use, first off, to help make the procedure go a little bit smoother? Well, let's talk first maybe about the tips, and then I'll kind of intersperse the different tools that I use. But the first thing you want to do is have a big open area, ideally of course, in the room where the furniture is going to go, because one thing you don't want to do is move IKEA furniture more than you have to. It's good if it's sitting in one place, but when you have to pick it up and move it from room to room, that's when it starts to break down, fall apart, that kind of stuff. But keep your work area clean. Make sure there's no rocks or anything that's going to scratch because they look good on the, you know, on the wall, hanging up, whatever, but if you put them on the ground, they're going to scratch super quick. A lot of times is when I first get started, I open absolutely everything up. Take the cardboard box, cut it open, flop it down, and use that as a work area if you need to. If you can get up higher, great. Look for any missing or damaged pieces. I don't know how many times I have started putting something together and found I'm missing a piece or I got a damaged piece, and there's nothing that'll piss a person off more than being three quarters of the way through an IKEA build and realizing I got nothing. I'm missing a part. It's not going. It's going to be here in six to eight weeks, and I'm done. So then, what do you do? How do you send back a three-quarter assembled piece of IKEA furniture? What do you do with it in the meantime to keep it safe and sturdy and secure? All that. So when you open everything up, I stack everything by pieces and make sure you've got everything you need and everything is in tip-top shape before you start. Now, the next thing is organize all your hardware in one place. So the first thing after I get all the big pieces out is I take my bags of hardware and I set them all in one place. I don't open them yet, but at least I know they're all there because I'm really good at running off and say, oh, damn it, where'd I put that bag of this or this bag of that? So I've gotten really good at putting it all in one place, and that's kind of my little hardware center while I'm putting it together. Now, that being said, read your instructions. If you didn't hear me, I said read your instructions. I am not one of those typical men that will try to fly by the seat of their pants when assembling something and say, oh, I, I should know. Seriously, there's a reason instructions were written. There's a reason they're put together. Sometimes... They lose something in translation. Sometimes the diagrams are less than stellar. Sometimes you have to make an educated guess. But 99 times out of 100, if you follow the instructions, you're going to be more efficient than if you don't. Now, once you've put something together 100 times, you don't need to follow the instructions again. But if this is your first, second, or third time putting something together, follow the damn instructions. You'll have a better day. Trust me. Promise. Now, another thing, just finger tight everything finger tighten everything as you go along. Don't crank anything down until you get it all put together because if you tighten, if, if you put two pieces at the bottom, if you're building a square and you crank those two in, all of a sudden at the top when you try to bring everything together, things might not line up yet. You need to have everything snug but just tight enough that you're not over cranking anything. You don't want to over crank anything in IKEA furniture anyway, but just finger tighten everything as you go around until it tells you to tighten things up. Like I said, put your cardboard down, have a nice smooth work surface. You know, if you can get it up on a workbench, if it's that type of product, great, but most times you can't. So 
don't ever drag, I'm sure most of you guys, I'm probably preaching to the choir, but don't ever drag the pieces. Always pick them up and carry them. Don't pivot them. The corners break easy. They chip easy. Also, they're really sharp. So be careful when you're picking up pieces that you don't slice your finger. I'm really good at doing that on that kind of stuff. And, okay, so... That being said, that's kind of my tips. I might even do a video someday, a breakdown of putting this stuff together, but you need to have patience as well. If you don't have patience, you probably shouldn't put together flat pack furniture, just saying, and that's okay. If you know that about yourself, that's fine. So what do I use to put furniture together? Well, honestly, one of the most indispensable products I use are these little magnetic trays. So if you've got a bag, you know, you'll get like say 25, uh, screws that are labeled A and 25 that are labeled E. Well, I dump all the A's in one, all the E's in another, and I do that sort of thing. I don't open more than I have to, but if you've got those big packages with a whole bunch of the same size stuff in it, throw them all in one magnetic tray. That way, you're not going to drop them, you're not going to lose them, they're not going to fall down behind in a heat grate, and you're going to have to swear and have a bad day. This helps keep things together. I, used, I use them for every project, and they're indispensable. So, now, Another thing that you will find is those little teeny tiny nails that they all come with. And one thing I don't have here, but get yourself a little 12 or 16 ounce hammer. Don't use the 20 ounce that I use because you're going to hit your thumb, you're going to break things. But I like these. I, I know there's more specialty products on the market, but I use these little needle nose pliers to hold those tiny, screw, uh, tiny nails into place, the little backer nails. Otherwise, I have hit my fingers. You can't, they're, they're too tiny to even hold into place. So a good pair of needle nose pliers will do you wonders when you're putting together Ikea furniture and putting on them stupid little nails on the back. <laughs> now, oh yes, and another tip, be very careful when you're opening the packages. Some, they, they say, you know, maybe don't use a knife. I use a knife for everything, but what I do is I stick it in the end, then I lift up the seam and I slide under it with the knife. But a good quality utility knife, like the Milwaukee Fastback, Snapback, whatever that I absolutely, this guy is awesome. I love this thing. Something like that will save you a lot of time and struggle, and it'll help you cut down the cardboard boxes to use uh, as kind of support and, uh, you know, protection material as well. But you got to have one of those. Just be extra, extra careful when you're opening them that you're not going against any of the wood because it, you, you can't fix that. You dig into that with a utility knife and you are hooped. Now, the next thing is some way to put it together. Some people love hand drivers. I don't. I honestly, and this might be sacrilege for some of you, but I use my small compact. This is the atomic one, isn't it? This is not the atomic one. The atomic one's up there, but I use my small uh, impact driver from DeWalt. Now, do not crank on it. If you crank on it, you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> you're going to wreck the furniture, but you know, you want something with a nice variable speed trigger, and this will save you tons of carpal tunnel and tons of time. You know, even if you just put it in three quarters of the way with this and then just hand tighten it at the end, great. But that being said, some sort of battery powered screwdriver, impact driver, drill driver, whatever, the lighter the better because you put a lot of fasteners in when you're doing Ikea stuff. And I like this little guy, works great. The lighter the battery I can find, the better. It's still a little heavy. I wouldn't mind having maybe like a little battery powered screwdriver, but this works really well and I enjoy that. And then, of course, what goes along with that is a good set of bits. A lot of times they're Phillips, sometimes they're Robertson, but mostly they're, you know, the Phillips, the star-styled screwdrivers. So have a good assortment of bits on hand that you can use long enough. I, I really like, actually, I've got a six-inch, I don't have here right now, but a six-inch Phillips that I really like for a lot of this stuff because sometimes you're in some weird spots and having a little extra extension on there 
just makes a difference between having a bad day or a good day, marring up the material or being able to put the screw in there good. And don't overcrank things because, you know, Ikea is like that press wood most of the time. And if you do, you're going to end up stripping it and there's, there are ways to fix it, but you don't want to do that. So take your time, go slow. And there's that light in the camera again. Sorry guys, <laughs> do that. Now, this is a product I have not reviewed yet. I've been using it for a while. It was a solution to a problem that I had, but didn't know it existed. So I started digging around and as you can imagine, Ikea being from uh, Europe, where it is, they are big into the metric system. They use Allen keys for almost everything. And the stupid little Allen keys they send with it, you might as well not even use. They, they slip, they, they uh, strip, they're hard on the fingers. So I was looking for something that I could put into my uh, drill driver, my impact driver and make it work. So yes, there's Allen key socket adapters. I, I had the stuff at home that I could make it work with sockets, a socket adapter, and the Allen key socket pieces. But that was cumbersome, heavy, and I wanted something small, compact, and in a kit that I could throw in my drill bag and take with me anytime I gotta put together furniture. So I come up with this guy, and that is the Nico brand impact ready Allen keys. So let me take one of these out here if you want to see. I'm sure you can see that, but it's got the regular old six-sided uh, impact uh, adapter. See, it's in there just like that. And now, and also they changed the design on that. They've got a laser engraved sizes on them as well, but these are great. They're three inches long and they work absolutely perfect. They have been a huge time saver for me when I'm putting together Ikea furniture. So if you're looking for something like that, there's also a standard version as well, but with Ikea, it's almost all metric, at least what I have found. This is a really robust set. It's not expensive. I asked for recommendations on the Handyman Mastermind Facebook group, and this is the type of stuff they came back with. They said, these are good. It's either these or I think Mac Tools sold a kit for $200. I ain't spending $200 on 20 Allen key adapters. Not happening, no way. Well, at least not yet anyway. But that being said, these were not real expensive. I'll do a standalone review on them down the road, but they've been a lifesaver for putting together furniture for me so far. So if you're looking for something like that, that is the cat's ass. So that's it for me, guys. Wanted to share with you this week on how I put together IKEA furniture, kind of my process for it. I might do a more in-depth video on that, but I wanted to show you some of the products that I use while I'm doing it. Uh, you know, every time I put together one of these compilation videos, I'm sure you've seen some of the products before, but it's always fun because there's always stuff you've missed. I love top 10 lists and compilation lists because even if I've seen nine of the products, the 10th one, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get that. Hey honey, I got to add something to the Amazon cart. Don't order yet. You know, that kind of thing, right? So if you're new here, guys, and you like what I have to offer, hit that subscribe button, stick around. If you've got other suggestions for putting together Ikea furniture, throw them in the comments below, guys, because I love hearing from you guys. I love interacting with the community and I love sharing our knowledge base. That's what I'm here for. And if you appreciate this content and you like it, give it a share on social media, guys. Get it out there. Let people know what we're doing, what we're all about. So that's it for me this week, guys. As always, you know what it is. Stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Good morning, guys. Toolman Tim back here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Tuesday morning, which means it's time for another Toolbox Tuesday review. And I got another good one, like always. You guys know I'm always trying out new products. I'm always looking for something that's going to make my life just a little bit better. Something that's going to work better in my handyman business, going to give me a better finished product. And you're going to laugh this week because 
I don't have the product here to review. I did a bunch of B-roll footage. I showed you some really cool stuff on... Anyway, we'll get to that. But I went to go pick up some more to do the review. I love the product so much that I wanted to show you. So, use your imagination. What I'm going to show you this week is the Touch and Foam No Warp Spray Foam. Reusable Spray Foam. That's what I like about it. So hang in there and I'll tell you all about it. Alright guys, real quick before we dive into the review, if you're new here, go to toolmantim.co. That's toolmantim.co. You can find my social media links there, everything there is to know about who I am. Follow me on Float, MeWe, Odyssey, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. There, I got them all. <laughs> Become part of the community, share your knowledge with us because that's what we're here for. I love hearing from new folks joining their community every single day. And if you're looking for a recommended product, go by toolmantim.shop. I got over 100 Amazon products there that if you pick one up, it helps support our channel. It's products that meet the Toolman Tim seal of approval, stuff that's made me money or saved me money in my handyman business, solutions to problems like paint spilled on vinyl siding or I gotta hang a picture but I can't drill a hole. What do I use? Go by there, check it out, and support the content we create. And you know, I'm always grateful for that. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, so this week, you had to use your imagination. I forgot to save the old can and... <laughs> Anyway, doesn't matter. This was a product that I liked so much that I had to do a review on it. So, number one, use your imagination. There it is. And if I remember, I'll put a floating picture up there so you can see it as well. But it's DAP brand reusable spray foam. And maybe you guys are familiar with reusable spray foam, but for all the years I worked at the hardware building supply uh, sales business, it was a pain in the ass. You got spray foam. So this, this is how a normal spray foam interaction would go with me. I, I'd have to say insulate around a dryer vent and I knew it was gonna use about a third of a can of spray foam. And I went and I bought the smallest can I could buy or sometimes I'd go and I'd be like, well, that's pretty cheap. The bigger can's on sale as well. And then in my head I'd be like, yeah, but you have to find a use for it. So then the second step would be go around and find all the cracks and crevices in the house that maybe could use some extra spray foam. And if I thought of that ahead of time, I was one ahead of the game. But I would use it for my, you know, the actual use I bought the can for. Then I'd run around like a chicken with my head cut off, putting insulation and spray foam in where I needed. And I'd also way over insulate everything because I knew, well, it's there, I'm going to use it, I'll be thorough. And then I'd end up cutting off half and wasting it. Or even better is, I'd, bring the, I'd be in a rush, I'd come home with a can, I'd fill in the one spot I needed and then realize, geez, I got to find a whole bunch of other spots to do this. So then I'd really run around like a fool trying to find all these places that I didn't re-insulate things I didn't. Anyway, that being said, so when, when I saw this uh, purple can of DAP brand, which I love a lot of DAP's products, I really like their really inexpensive caulking, works great. I thought, got to give it a shot. Got to bring it home. Got to try it out. Now, to be absolutely honest, on the package itself, there's really not a lot of information. It says reusable, great big, reusable right there on the top of the can. But when you get it home and you read on the package, there's nothing there to tell you about what it means to be reusable. So I started scouring the interwebs and I found a video on DAP's website or their official YouTube channel. And it gave me a little bit of pause, but that's okay. Basically, it said it's reusable for up to three weeks. So if you notice on the can, 
use your imagination here. There's a second little tip that sticks out. It's not attached to anything. And when you're done using the can, and I'm going to cut the footage here because I, I used it to, to do the outdoor, the new dryer vent uh, piece that I'm using. I really like that. You guys will see a, a review coming up on a much better out exterior dryer vent. So I insulated there. Then three weeks later, I came inside and insulated the inside around the pipe. And I wanted to show you that, well, anyway, here, let's cut to it and you can see. Okay, well, we have a winner. Definitely helped to cut the end of the tip of the applicator nozzle off so that it went through well, but it seemed to run a little slower than it did, maybe just because it's colder today, but it absolutely still worked three weeks later. To the point where if you can see it, there we are. So we get the dryer vent all insulated around. Looks like our touch, touch and foam, no warp, reusable spray foam is a Toolman Tim seal of approval item. So there it is. We'll go back to the shop. So anyway, they, like I said, you've seen that it worked. I was happy with it. It really did. So basically they recommend to bend that tip over, stick it down on the little tip that sticks up. And then when you're ready to reuse it, cut half the tip or half the nozzle off and get at it. Okay, great. Now I got a shorter nozzle, but it worked. And you, you'll probably see from the video there, uh, it seemed to have a little bit less pressure this time, but that was okay. Now, one other thing I really liked about this was the, the chemical makeup, whatever you want to call it. It, it comes out almost pure white. So if you're doing some work that's going to be covered in a day or two, it's great because you don't have that nasty yellowish, orangish kind of looking stuff that's there. Not that people really care, but I like the fact that it's white. Now I did a test. I left this out. Uh, I put some windows in at my wife's daycare. I left the exterior unexposed or, or sorry, exposed to the Southern sun. And within two or three days, it started really yellowing. And after about a week to 10 days, it was as yellow as any of the other stuff. So it looks good while you're working with it. But once it gets in the sun, it will become discolored. Now, the stuff on the north side and the stuff on the inside of the north side is still almost pearly white. So I like that. So it's ready to be covered up. I trimmed it off. It trims really well. Now, when I'm doing these videos, reviewing some of these products, I, I always go through the Amazon reviews because sometimes I'll, it'll pique my, my, my memory and remind me, oh yeah, Tim, you tried this or you didn't try this. But honestly, I got to tell you, the Amazon reviews are, they remind me of, you remember those, you know, early to mid nineties infomercials where when they wanted to show how good their product was, they always showed some dummy in black and white that didn't know how to use an extension cord or a hose. And they, you know, literally, they're the type of people that would fall downstairs chewing bubble gum because they couldn't do two things. And somebody would be totally wrapped up in a hose and then they'd come back to you and say, oh yeah, this is... Anyway, some of the people in the Amazon reviews, I, th I think maybe they used to be extras in uh, those uh, shows because honestly, I don't know. The biggest complaint that most people said was it made a mess. Now, you're literally using a pressurized can of foam that's made to expand and stick to whatever you insert it in. So what part of that don't you realize is going to be messy? Now, I got to tell you, the very first time I used spray foam, I didn't wear gloves. I wasn't careful. I didn't know. And I basically had to wait till the outer layers of my skin shed off for it to come away because it was stuck there for weeks afterwards. I'm sure there was products I could use and I'm sure somebody will remind me of something. But at the time, I didn't know. So that being said, if you don't expect a pressurized can of expanding sticky foam to be messy, 
maybe we got some issues. There's stuff you can do to mitigate that mess, but you're going to find it. So, you know, to give a product a one star review because you thought it was messy and sticky, well, whatever. Anyway, but as far as a reusable spray foam goes, this is good. I mean, three weeks, that way it takes the pressure off. You can do your job. And then in a few days when you have some downtime, you can think, oh yeah, I got to insulate here or I got to insulate there. I made down the road. So this stuff is back ordered everywhere right now. I don't know if it's, you know, an issue with all the shutdowns or if it's just a really good product, whatever it happens to be. But, you know, this low expanding DAP touch and foam, no warp. What a mouth, a mouthpiece or, a, you know, mouthful of stuff to say there. But Anyway, I couldn't get it at my local home hardware. It's not available on Amazon, at least in Canada right now. So as soon as I can get some more, my hands on some more cans of this, I'm going to do a long-term, maybe, I don't know, what the hell, six months or something. We'll, we'll spray half the can. We'll set it aside downstairs in a, you know, a non-extreme environment and we'll give it a shot. And then I'll do a follow-up video. But I wanted to get a review of this so that I could show you guys the spray foam I've used recently. I've got some more spray foams I'm trying, so I'm gonna let you know about those down the road, but this one I really liked. So if you've used it, let me know. If you've got other recommendations, maybe we can do a head-to-head, -head, two or three different types of spray foam kind of video. I would love to do that as well. But throw them in the comments below. Let me know what other spray foams you guys like, because a lot of my recommendations come from our community, and I appreciate that. If you're new here, hit the subscribe button, and if I give you some value in this video, share it out on social media so we can grow our community, guys. I always appreciate that. Anyway, thanks for dropping by the workshop. You know I always appreciate your company, and as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for another tool time gear review. And I've got another good one for you this week. I've got an upgrade for my above ground pool that has taken a lot of the work out of keeping it crystal clear. So hang in there. I'll be right back. All right, guys, real quick before we dive into the review, if you're new here, run by toolmantim.co to find out everything there is to know about our community and channel. Check out all my social media links, Float, MeWe, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Odyssey. Follow us over there, become part of the community, share your knowledge, and I'll turn around and share that knowledge back with everyone else. So thanks, guys. And if you're looking for, say, a recommended product or a solution to a problem, run by toolmantim.shop. I got over 100 Amazon links there to point you in the right direction for getting paint off vinyl siding or hanging heavy pictures without drilling holes, stuff that's made me money or saved me money. So run by, check that out. Anything you pick up off there through Amazon, we get a small commission to help support the content I create. So thank you guys. You know I always appreciate that. So this week, guys, again, I've got another oddball item. It's been an oddball month, but it was stuff that I I'd either run my, you know, my test through and really enjoyed it, or it was something like today's product, the sand filter pump for a pool, that I wanted to get a review out there while there was still good weather for swimming, so people might actually want to watch the video and learn something from it. So, that being said, I don't know how many of you guys, well, if you're watching this, you probably have, you're either a community member or you're somebody looking to upgrade your filter for your pool. And... A few years ago, when we first started getting into above-ground pools with our kids, it was literally like having a second part-time job. It drove me to want to drink. If I wasn't skimming it, then I was testing the chemicals or balancing the chemicals 
or washing out the filter or stressing over all the silt and dirt that got on the bottom of the pool that the filter and uh, pump system wouldn't pick up and I was trying to build things. I even built this redneck pool pump that involved a shop vac, tuck tape and a lot of wasted water. Don't ask me about it. It didn't. I mean it worked but it didn't work. So at the end of that summer, the first year, I said I'm done. Dried out the pool, packed it up, put it on Facebook Marketplace and said adios. The next year we bought the girls a pool uh, pass to the local public pool and we said that's it guys, we'll run you over all you want. And then after the first year, the, the kids, of course, Dad, we don't really like going to the public pool. We really want to get an above-ground pool. And we'd moved into our new property here, and it had really good southern exposure for where the pool could go. So I thought, okay, let's give it a chance. And if you guys know, I am a set-it-and-forget-it kind of guy. I don't mind putting in a ton of work, a ton of research into setting up systems, but once they're set up, I want them to be as idiot-proof and to require the least amount of work as possible. And you know what? Over time, we got pretty good at that with the pool. Three real things. I use a, a product called Clorox uh, Clarifier. It works great to knock the junk out of the pool and put it to the ground. I got the Intex uh, Vacuum, which works great for sucking all that silt off the bottom. Doesn't take much work at all. But this year, I realized, you know what? The next big thing that really takes up time and is really frustrating is them damn... Well, two things. Number one, the cartridges are small and I gotta wash them every single day to get rid of the, the junk from the pool. And so the other day, the uh, pool uh, filter was acting up a little bit and it, it tripped a breaker and I thought, okay, well I put it into a new plug, turn the breaker back on and my daughter hollers, Dad, the pump's on fire! So I hit the breaker, unplugged it, pulled it out and it had either got a flat spot, who knows what happened, but something happened in that motor, it started smoking and those things are grossly underpowerful for what you get with a pool. So it was time. We were in a panic. We needed to get one. So we ordered a replacement one of those. But in the meantime, we started looking and I thought, you know what? I've heard about these sand filters. I need to try one of these things out. Now, my brand is called a Summer Waves. There's also an Intex and they are basically identical other than the color. The Summer Waves works with Intex pools. The Intex works with Summer Wave pools. And the one we could get the quickest was Summer Waves. We got ours off Walmart, but they're available on Amazon. When we picked ours up, it was around $250 Canadian and pool pumps are hard to come by this year, guys. So it's really cool. I wanna show you what comes in the box, the setup, and all of that. So we're gonna cut over to there in just a second, and then we'll come back here, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about the process, some of the dumbass mistakes I made, and hopefully so you don't have to repeat them. All right, guys, so we have our normal little tiny standard Intex pool filter that I have to basically, made my best way, I believe and I basically have to rinse out the filter every single day the pool's starting to clarify get pretty nice again but we burnt through one of these already this year bought another one of these in a panic and decided it was time to upgrade to something better so come with me we are going to go through the installation assembly all of that stuff of this summer waves uh, this is a 10 inch sand pump sand filter, sand pump, whatever you want to call it, has a uh, higher gallons per minute rating, it's supposed to last longer, and only need to backwash it about every two weeks. So we will see. Hang in. Okay, so here we are. This is the uh, little container the sand goes in. Got your hoses here, clamps. That's a sand filter, or a sand cap that helps you fill up the inside without filling up that uh, dip pipe there. 
There's our fittings, instruction manual, uh, assembly manual. There's the pump assembly and a very nice long cord with a uh, reset switch on it. So here we are. I'm going to start putting it together. We'll come back and show you the finished product. Okay, so this is, what do they call that? Number 20 quartz sand. Let's see if we can find it in the book here for you. Right in there, silica sand, sorry, right there. $11 for a 20 pound bag. I'm not sure how many bags I'm going to need. I bought four. But this is what we are going to dump in here. This is the sand cover so it doesn't go down in the filter hole. Put that on like so and we'll dump it in. See what happens. I'll let you know. Okay so we used one bag and about two-thirds. So somewhere between 30 and 35 pounds of silica sand. See inside, there's the max line just below the max line. I give it a good little shake, but not too crazy so it could settle down. Just needs to be between the min and the max line, and when you add water, it'll settle a little bit. All right, guys, so I hope that helped a little bit to show you how it's set up, what it looks like when it's running. It's a real simple process. Uh, you basically look at the pressure gauge on the side, you, you see where it's at. And after a few days, it'll, it'll about double what the pressure was, and then it's time to clear it out. And you literally turn the power to the pump off, switch the six-way valve on the top to backwash, open up the little port, and let it backwash for about 30 seconds. Then you turn the pump off, you switch it over to filter or settle or whatever, and cleaning, and it settles down the sand that's inside the pump. Do that for about 30 seconds, turn the pump off, Put your port, uh, close your port back up and then switch it back over to regular filter and then you don't have to worry about it. Now, I got to tell you something. I made a few mistakes hooking this thing up and I'm still getting used to how it works and it is really starting to work really well. But the first thing I did, and I do not know how I did this, but when I hooked it up, I reversed the in and the out. And as soon as I turned that damn pump on, about a quarter of the sand in the filter went right into the pool. That's a pain in the ass to get cleaned up. So don't do what I did. Make sure you got it hooked up properly. Then before you start, you know, actually filtering the pool water, do the backwash procedure, then do the settle procedure, then start filtering the water in the pool. You'll have a much better time than I did. If your pool's really dirty, you're going to have to do that every day. For, like you're going to have to backwash and everything every day for a while until the pool settles down. Once it does, they say you can go up to two weeks with a sand filter and it works. So, the next question was, does it come with sand? No, it does not come with sand because it would be too damn heavy and too cost prohibitive, I'm sure, for the company to ship it out and get it out there. So you have to buy number 20 silica sand. It's a really fine stuff. It's almost like some of the stuff maybe they'd use in sandblasting, but it's really, really fine. I picked mine up at Canadian Tire, but it's available at pool supplies, big box stores, everywhere. How much sand does it use? Well, mine's a 10 inch and I had no clue. I bought four bags, four 20 pound bags. And because I basically wasted the entire first batch, I used most of all of it, but it took about 30, 35 pounds of sand. Make sure you get it in there, then put some water in, let some water in, and then put some more sand in and go right up to the max line. Because what I found was after I washed out about half my sand, the filter was basically useless. It was just cycling dirt and yeah it didn't do a good job it's not expensive but it's not cheap so you know i wish i hadn't wasted all that sand and put it into the pool but 
Hopefully you guys can learn from my mistake. Now the next thing that I really love about these sand filter pools, uh, pool pumps, is the fact that they are way, way more powerful than them chintzy little Intex pumps that you get. The little ones you get like this, they're just kind of like if you're blowing around with a straw or whatever, and it, it really doesn't do a good job circulating and cycling out the water. But these 10 inch, and they do make bigger ones, so if you have a bigger pool, check it out. But this, the 10 inch sand filter pump, way more powerful pump motor on it, and it pushes the water all the way across my pool. Makes a huge difference. Oxygen and oxygen gates, yeah, try saying that 12 times fast. Anyway, puts more oxygen in the water, circulates it better, filters it better. And you know what's cool? I can, if I'm inside and I look outside, I can see, oh, the filter isn't running as well because there's not as much of a jet of water coming out, but it's that strong that I can look out from the kitchen and see that the water's pushing all the way across. So if you guys are looking for a system, so it, like I said, it was around $250 Canadian, so it's a bit of an investment, but I really wanted to set up something that I did not have to spend all summer working with on this pool. And this sand filter is really good. And I think in the long run, it probably will save some money once it's set up and running because that sand is good all year. I go through a lot of filters, but for me, it's the time. Because every time I wanted to, I had to lift that old filter up, take the old cartridge out, reseal it, put it back down, walk over, give it a wash, and it just never cleaned out very good. It did okay, but I would go through filters quite a bit. But the time savings for me has been good. And the fact that it's giving me really, really clear water at this point makes me really happy. I'll probably do a follow-up video on this one down the road just to let you know how the interaction has been with it over time. But honestly, if you guys are looking for an upgrade you can make to an above-ground pool to take a lot of the maintenance out of it and to not have to use those reusable cheap filters, a sand filter might be the way for you to give it a shot. So if you guys have used one of these, let me know. I'd love to hear in the comments what your thoughts on it were because I, I think it's a really cool product that I took a chance on. Hey, if I didn't like it, I could have always sent it back if I wasn't happy with it. But in this instance, it's really, really worked well for me. I'm happy with it. But like I said, if you guys have any other recommendations on keeping your pool clean and more importantly, making sure that you don't have to put a lot of work into above ground pools because if I got to work on them, I don't want to work on them. I always got other things I want to get done. So put some recommendations down there for me. If you guys are new here and you want to hang around, like I said, five videos a week focusing on tool reviews and getting more done out of your life, hit that subscribe button, hang around, become part of our community, interact in the comments, and share your knowledge base. I love it, guys. That's what I'm here for. I always appreciate you guys dropping by, hanging out with me in the workshop, because that's why I started this channel, because my wife got tired of listening to me talk about tools. So thanks for dropping by, guys. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we what? Build business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's another incredible Saturday morning, which means it's time for my favorite episode of the week, my weekend workshop, where I talk about whatever I want. No, I'm just kidding. But where I share with you things that I've learned, just all kinds of really neat, interesting concepts. And this week, you know, I get uh, emails and um, messages on social media all the time. Oh, I just, I want to start content creation. I want to, I want to do this, that, or the other thing, but I'm just so damn busy. I don't have time to start this. I, I can't, I can't do my handyman business. I, I can't do my side hustle. I can't start content creation because I just don't have a time. Just don't have the time. So this week we are going to talk about finding time when there is no 
time. All right, guys, real quick before we dive in, if you're new here or you want to know more about me, go by toolmantim.co. That's toolmantim.co to find out all there is to know about me. Find my social platforms over there. Follow me on Float, on MeWe, on Facebook, on Odyssey, on Instagram. And if you say, Tim, I don't know what the heck some of those platforms are. Well, that's okay. I'm probably on one that you know, and I love to interact. And maybe if you want to check out some of those new platforms, drop by and check them out. All my links are in the description below and over at ToolmanTim. And if you guys are looking for solutions to problems, if you're looking for a recommended product, something that meets the Toolman Tim seal of approval, go by toolmantim.shop. I got a whole list of over 100 links to Amazon products there, of products that have either made me money, saved me money, or solved problems in my handyman business. Stuff like, I got paint on vinyl siding, how do I clean it off? Or, I got to hang a heavy picture on a wall, but the homeowner won't let me drill a hole. What do I use? I got all that there, guys. So go by, check that out. Anything you pick up supports the content I make with a small commission, and you know I'm eternally grateful for that. So thanks, guys. This week, we are going to talk about finding time when there isn't any time. Now, again, you guys have heard me say I had a, an old pastor years ago when I was just wee little, a wee little grasshopper, and he always said that a person, the things that are important to a person, a person finds time to do those things. And you know, the more I think about that, yes, he was right, but isn't that just a pat answer? It's just... It's so cliche, it's so trite, it's just one of those things you're like, ah, just, you know, sure, yes, it's important to me, so yes, I'll find time to do it. Well, yeah, but how do I find time? What do I do? Because yeah, if something's important, you are going to find time to do it, but we're all run off, we're all run ragged. I know guys who, I was talking to a guy the other day who has just created an incredible handyman business, one of my early followers. And he would love to start content creation, but he's got a lot on the go. He's bought some properties uh, that he's fixing up and I believe renting out. And he works full time on top of that. And a person doesn't want to get burnout. So you got to know, number one, what's important to you? What is it that you really want to do? But if you have a passion for doing something and you want to create something incredible, there's only 24 hours in a day and you're already using all 24 hours of those. So you got to find that time somewhere. So if you want to create something, build something, do something, or you just want to free up time, you got to cut something out. And I, I, hang in there with me because you know what? There's a whole bunch I want to talk about and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be trite or anything like that. But the fact remains that if you want to find time to do something, you've got to figure out a way to either be more efficient with something or eliminate something else. Now, everybody has a time management formula program system that they use. And everybody's going to tell you that their system is the only system. You got to use that system. You got to work with that. So that's it. And I'm going to tell you right now that my system, well, no, it's, sorry, hold on. No, no, it's not my system. The system that I adopted from somebody way smarter than me has worked wonders for me. But it might work like shit for you, so throw it out. But why I watch time management videos, why I watch videos on how to find more time is I pull something from each one of those. So if you watch this whole video and you only get one point that you love that helps you save or find time, well, I've succeeded. You don't have to do things like me. You don't have to do things like me at all. But if you learn something from this, and if you love this system, or whatever, you know, that I'm going to talk about, run with it. It's great. But don't feel like just because I say it, oh, Tim said it, I got to do it. No, no, no. I'm just sharing with you what's worked for me. 
And it doesn't work all the time because I don't follow it all the time, but when I do, I have success. So remember that, that take a little bit from everything. It's even like dieting, you know? Everybody has their way, the one thing that works for them. But because it might work for me, it doesn't work for you. Or this part might work for you and that part might not. And, you know, somebody who's totally into keto will tell you keto is the only way. And somebody who's a vegan, anyway, you guys know what I'm saying. So take something from this. Hopefully you learned something. And yeah. So like I said, it's all about finding time or being more efficient. So I wanted to share with you guys this really neat kind of thing that I found. And if you guys follow Nicole Sauce, you know, she has her her three things every day. She, she puts three things in. And this is a bit of a different system than that, but it works on the same principle. And I found this, I don't know, six months ago, five months ago, something on a, a blog called Muse News. <laughs> and the CEO there, I believe, she shared with her uh, coworkers and employees the system that she used. And it's called the 135 method. And again, it doesn't matter what the method is. It's just having something to, to make it work, to get things done. Cause people are like, well, I can't get this much done in the day. Well, if you start looking at your day and you realize, geez, I got a bunch of places where I'm wasting time. Maybe you can, or maybe it's just about being more intentional and getting things. So first off, and this doesn't mean you have to do this, but there's ways to find time. I realized in the morning, number one, I was waking up at six, just about every day. But you know what I was doing? I was laying in bed. If I didn't have anything to do, I would lay in bed sometimes till eight o'clock in the morning, just shooting the shit on social media. And that was not very intentional on my part. And when I decided to go from making one video a week to three on to five, I had to find time to do it. I decided that every single morning with you know, pretty good success most days. My alarm was going off at six. My ass was getting up. My feet were going on the ground. I was making a pot of coffee. I do my social media posts and then I would work on my content. I found that two hours in the morning was the time. If I didn't do that first thing in the morning, no matter what happened, I never got back to it later on that day. So I got up, I did it before eight o'clock, before anyone else in the house was awake. That was my time to get things done. I didn't have to worry about anybody else saying, hey, can you do this or that or whatever? And I got it done. And that was a, a really neat way. But that being said, I had to be intentional about it. And so beyond getting up from six to late, just because I'm up earlier doesn't mean I'm going to get more done. It just means I'm going to be more tired throughout the day because I got up, I sat down out in the living room and I went on Facebook or Instagram or MeWe or any of those for the last two hours, wasted my entire morning because I wasn't productive. So I found this method, it, like I said, it's called the 135 method. And this is, <laughs> you're going to laugh, but anyway, you can pick, this is what my daily time journal looks like. I've been doing this for about three months now and I love it. Now this probably means almost nothing to you, but here's what I do. I put the day and the date at the top. I kind of plan out a week and okay. I'm all over the place with this because there's so much that I struggled with, but I would normally put jobs and things in my phone. I put them in a notepad on my phone and then I would just up and lose that stuff. So I found having a paper, a paper spiral bound, I gotta hold this down because it's playing with the, uh, the lighting here. <laughs> having something on paper, I was able to look at this throughout the day. I was always there as an anchor I could go back to and say, hey, what did I need to get done? So what I would do, I put the day and date at the top and then there's the one, three, five. And basically what that means is one important thing that has to get done three medium things that are rather urgent that need to get done. And then five kind of, uh, they need to get done because you know, either your missus is after you to get it done. Or if you don't send something back for warranty, it's going to expire, you know, the little unimportant things, but 
the five little busy work tasks that if you don't write them down, they might not get done for a month or a week or whatever. So for instance, up here, number one is normally the thing that I want to get done. The thing that's important to me that wouldn't get done if I leave it till I start, till my phone starts ringing, until I start getting out there and work. So on this day here, oh, let's go back. So normally in the mornings, I will put up here, say, if, if it's getting about two weeks or a week before the end of the month, I'll put, put together email newsletter. Now that's the type of thing that you're going to just keep putting off and putting off and putting off because it's important to my brand, to my content creation, to my followers. I need to get that put together, but it's not urgent because it hasn't happened yet. It's not the end of the month yet. It doesn't make me any money per se. It's just something that I do every month for everybody and I enjoy it. But if I don't put that as my one thing, the important thing that needs to get done that day, which means it gets done in that six to eight o'clock window in the morning, it's not going to get done. So that one thing at the top is something that's important, but maybe isn't urgent. So you're creating urgency to get it done before anything else. Now, the next thing is I put a A, or I put a three, I put A, B, and C. Those are the three important and probably urgent things. That's where I schedule in my jobs for the day for my business. I try to pick at least three money-making jobs every day that I put in my schedule and I get them done. And you know what? It's crazy. If I didn't do that, I might get one or two things done. But when you have three things, there's something gratifying about literally taking a pen and crossing that item off. So I put the one important item at the top that I want to get done. I put the three and it doesn't have to be three, but that gives you an idea. If you got three there, you know what's really cool about that? If you get those done by one o'clock in the afternoon and you want to knock out a job from tomorrow, grab it, go at it and get it done. And then you know what else I have? At the bottom, I've got Roman numerals I through V for anybody who's, you know, uh, Gen X or whatever. And it down there, I put my, my busy work tasks. Like if I need to pick something up at the post office or I need to run to the meat shop or I need to pick up money from somebody, all the stuff that I just would put off because my phone rang, blah, blah, blah. This gives me an anchor to go back to every single, like maybe 10 times a day. I'll be like, okay, I got some downtime. What do I do? And I look at that and I say, oh, I can knock that out. And it's like a game. The old man in me loves to have checklists, but this system has been life-saving for me. It's allowed me to run my handyman business from about nine till two every day, five hours every day, get shit done. And the rest of the day is, well, you almost feel lazy sometimes, but two hours in the morning, get my content done, five hours in the mid-morning to afternoon for the handyman business. And from two o'clock on is Tim time. I can get jobs done for my wife's business off the honeydew list. I can work on the siding for the house, whatever it happens to be. And I, you know, I get a lot of stuff done simply because I put it all in here and I work it through. Now that's the system that has absolutely really worked for me. It's called the one, three, five method. Like I told you, look it up online one hyphen three hyphen five. If I remember, I will put a description in the link below or a link in the description. I always flip that anyway, you know, but put that in the description below so you guys can look at that original article, but there's not a lot of information out there. That's why I wanted to get a video out here on this one, three, five method. And like I said, you don't have to do everything that I do. You don't have to do any of it, but if it spurs something in you that says, Hey, I will, this will work. This is a good system, you know? And again, to back up a little bit, there's something freeing about physical, about a physical media or a physical thing. 
you know, I love electronics. I film everything on my iPhone. I do everything, all my editing, everything on my iPhone. But there's something to be said about writing all my tasks down paper. It, it gives you a little bit more of a... I don't know, even, I'm not even sure what the word is I'm looking for, but it, it just, it puts it on your shoulders and says, Tim, you got to do this. A little more accountability. That's what I'm looking for. And you know what I do? So I normally, Sunday night, I plan Monday through Friday. I don't usually put Saturday and Sunday in there uh, just because I kind of like to go with the flow on the weekends. I usually still get up at six because I want to get things done and I use the weekend time to do things like build a Canadian affiliate site or you know, busy work that takes three or four hours on the computer that I wouldn't do during the week. But so now the other thing is as jobs come in to an extent, I've got a great big four by eight whiteboard in the hallway at home. And I put all my upcoming jobs on there and then I can pull them off and put them that week in there. And I am, you guys know, I, I can be a procrastinator. I am progressively bad at getting things done horribly bad and that's why i got to use systems like this to make it work for me so look at your life and see what you can do now that being said uh there's a couple other things i wanted to share with you on that now the idea is again is we got to give things up to to get better things so if you want to build something in your life that is you know that's going to create a constant reoccurring income that's always there and you want to or you want to help other people and build some really cool content whatever you want to build a handyman business you've got to find time to make that work so i looked long and hard because i always say my summers are so damn busy winter not so bad i do snow removal i have almost too much free time in the winter which i have to be careful with but i have to kind of schedule it that way because i don't know when it's going to snow and when it isn't but in the summer, I'm always so damn busy. Now, I looked long and hard, and I got to tell you something. This is, this is going to sound foolish, and you, this is going to be an extreme example, but you guys got to know. I love my Blue Jays. I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> Obviously, I do. But if you guys know anything about baseball, there's 162 games a year, and the average length of a baseball game is like three hours and five minutes. So you take 362, that's over 500 hours. That's basically an evening, five or six nights a week. And I probably watched, I'm almost embarrassed to say, 120 baseball games most summers. I love baseball. <sighs> Do I wish I could? I haven't watched a single Jays game this year because if I start, it's like a heroin addict. I'll be right back at it. I listen, I follow, you know, the news in the morning, how they did, that sort of thing. But that is where I found all my extra time to get things done. Now, I, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's going to work that way for you, but everybody's got to find their Blue Jays. Everybody's got to find that thing that makes you really busy, that you probably love to do, but you're willing to give up simply because you want to do better and greater things. And, and that is where it comes down to is, how much more important is this than that? What can I give up to fit this in? You Because you can only get so efficient with your time management and that is good but when it comes down to it there's always things because you've only got 24 hours in the day and if you want to do something great you've got to eliminate something else from that day so that you can get it done so between time time management time efficiency and eliminating things that maybe you used to do that you don't want to do or you shouldn't do now whatever it happens to be look at your daily schedule cut things out be more efficient and 
There's no easy way to find time when there isn't time. But if you're willing to take a long, hard look and make some cuts, sometimes you can find it. And maybe you can also say, huh, I really want to do this, but damn it, I'm not willing to make the commitment. That's okay too. Because the worst thing you can do is start using a bunch of time on something and you realize, Frig, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a YouTuber. I don't want to start a handyman business. I don't want to be financially free. Well, no, but anyway, seriously, if it's something you're not into, just, just because you see someone else doing it doesn't mean you got to run out and do it. Okay. Simple as that. You might have a ton of wonderful ideas, but it's all about picking the best ones for you. And that's where time management comes in is fitting it into your lifestyle not feeling guilty when you don't do something, not doing what you don't need to do, cutting out the stuff that maybe you don't need to do, and then being more efficient where you can. So guys, I hope that helps. I wanted to get something out there on the 135 method because to me, it has been almost life-changing. It's really become a part of my life over the last, say, 90-ish days. Uh, I kind of get out of it while we're under quarantine for two weeks because, well, anyway, we all suffer, we all struggle. None of us are perfect. I don't follow this to a T, but when I do, my life is better for it. So guys, if you've got a method you use or if you've got tips or tricks, you want to share them in the comments below. I'd love to hear about them because again, that's what our community is for is sharing this stuff with one another, sharing our cool ideas with one another and sharing our knowledge and information. And if you're new here and you got value from this, hit that subscribe button, stick around, become part of our community. I love this workshop. I love coming in here, talking to you guys. I love sharing with you what I've learned. And so much of what I pour back into these videos is stuff that you guys share with me. And again, if you like this content, share it on your social platform of choice. I would appreciate that. It helps grow our community. And as always, guys, you know, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Business, create community, find freedom, and share success. It's Sunday night, which means, guess what? It's time for Talking Tools. So guys, welcome. Thanks for dropping by. If you notice, the backdrop's a little bit different tonight. Let's see if we can adjust this a little bit. I'm trying something just a tad bit different. Let's see if that works. There we go. So it's rather hot and really, really humid tonight as far as Alberta goes. So I decided, let's try shooting down in my office. So I tried to block out as much as that nice green wall, uh, wall paint that you can see, the one room in the house that I haven't adjusted yet. But... Uh, yeah, and if you like my backdrop, it's the, you know, Canadian version of don't tread on me, mind your own damn business. So, <laughs> hope you guys enjoy that. And yeah, if there's any technical issues, just holler at me, let me know. So, I wanted to talk first, guys. I don't know if anybody has seen the announcement that DeWalt made this week on the DeWalt Tough Series hand tools, but I'm rather excited about that. You guys know I'm a big black and yellow fan, as you've seen the... Um, the poll when you logged in tonight, always been a big fan. I love the cordless stuff, but the hand tools, not so much. They seem to be, I don't know if they end up, uh, what's the word for it? They put, um, they just, they don't spend the money in it. And I think they kind of farm it out to overseas companies to just build whatever they can. And I've just had a bad experience with the DeWalt hand tools. So this week they announced the DeWalt tough series hand tools. So I'm guessing they're going to try to remedy that situation and fix their reputation a bit. So there are tape measures coming out that are, let's see, 16 foot, 25 foot, and 35 foot that will supposedly now, get this, survive a hundred foot drop. <laughs> so if that's the case, I'm all about that because, uh, hey, Greg, <laughs> 
I had it in my notes tonight, guys, to shout out to Greg Arcade, believe it or not. I really appreciate him, so I'm going to do it right now since he's here. <laughs> but Greg is a fellow Canuck, and he is an incredibly talented musician. And if I remember, afterwards, once this uh, uploads, I will put a link to his YouTube channel and to his, uh, whatever else, you, uh, Flo, over on Float. Uh, in the the notes but if you guys want to hear some really cool really talented country and just crazy good music check him out and just it's under greg arcade on youtube so anyway i was just telling everybody about the uh the new dewalt tough series hand tools so 16 25 35 foot tape measures that will supposedly survive a hundred foot drop and if that's the case I'm all about swapping out my Stanley Fat Max for one of those. And the prices, they aren't that bad. I got a chart here I was going to share with you guys. So the new tape measures, these are, I remember these are in freedom units, American dollars. But uh, 16 foot tape is $19.97. Uh, 25 is, well, I'll just call it $25. And the 35 is $35. So that's a top notch product for a really good price. So we're going to check those out. And they got a 12 ounce. 14 ounce and a 22 ounce demo hammer uh sorry the the 22 is the demo hammer i'm pretty excited about that it's a one what they call it mig, mig welded construction i don't know all the ins and the outs about it and then the new tape uh the new screwdrivers that they're coming out with have precision fit tips and supposedly they're 10 times hey joseph nice to see you buddy i was just talking about uh dewalt's tough series uh the the new announcement on their new hand tools where they're gonna upgrade those so <laughs> Uh, the screwdrivers are supposedly 10 times more corrosion resistant, which can be an issue. Uh, not for me, but for people who are working in the, um, you know, anywhere around anything that's corrosive, chemicals, water, anything like that. So I like it. I'm just glad that they've realized that they're lacking in their hand tool game and they're willing to uh, fix it because their tools are shit. <laughs> their hand tools, most of what I've had, I hate to say it, like their multi-bit screwdriver I had just did not do it for me at all. As soon as I went to put the bits away, the bit holder broke. It, it's just a bad design. Hopefully they'll improve that. Uh, the multi, the multi-tool I got, it's okay. Nothing to write home about, but all of Milwaukee, shh, don't tell anybody, <laughs> all of the Milwaukee hand tools that I've had so far have been really good. I watch your short, yeah, oh, <laughs> right on. Yeah, so the, the shorts are rather interesting. I don't think I'm going to do one a day yet this month. I'll probably wait till September. This month ha I, has been an insane month for business so far. So that is a good thing. But one thing I've noticed about these shorts, I don't know if you guys are digging them or not, but I tend to be, I, I tend to watch quite a few of them uh, through the YouTube app. I really enjoy them and they get addictive because they're a minute or less each. But I found that they've been really good at building the subscriber base. Uh, each one, I've had a couple that have gone, you know, viral and hit, seven eight hundred views which is great i like that um you know not a, you know hasn't got millions like some of them but each one tend to pick up a half dozen subscribers so that's really good uh they're not monetized which you guys probably know but that's okay i enjoy doing them and they're quick but you have to breathe at the end <laughs> i do i almost wondered uh anyway yeah it's just kind of funny i don't know how else to do it um you guys know i like to be uh, rather long-winded and i like to talk <laughs> and to try to get it in under 60 seconds can uh, can be a bit of a chore but you know i'll do multiple takes until i get one that i'm happy with and go with it so we'll see i'm going to keep practicing we'll see what happens and yeah so you know in the vein of tool announcements this week i don't know if you guys happen to catch it but milwaukee 
announced that they're coming out with a uh, M18 battery-powered push mower as well, 21-inch, uh, going to be stocked at Home Depot at least for now that I know of. I've watched uh, just a couple of quick like teasers on some of the big YouTube uh, tour view channels, and it looks pretty good. Um, I'm not really sure what the whole front-end plastic thing is on it. Not a big deal either way, but I'm rather excited about it. Maybe someday... I'll uh, be big enough that the tool companies want to send me something like that and we can uh, do a head-to-head -head with a DeWalt. But until then, I probably won't be delving too much into the Milwaukee uh, tool thing. Other than the Milwaukee top-off, I really got to get my hands on one of them. I want to test one of them out and see how much backup power I can pull out of one of those Milwaukee batteries. So if anybody's had any fun with those, you got to let me know because I think there's some potential to do some really cool preparedness and backup power related videos with one. So I may just end up breaking down and getting a couple of M18s and a top off just to run through it. Uh, I think it would be more fair to the top off if I did that than if I had a, um, a DeWalt adapter. DeWalt's going to be dropping a bunch of new power tools in the coming months. A lot of it. Ah, nice, Ted. I'm very much looking for... I, I'm a sucker for tool news. Well, that's probably why I call my Sunday night show Talking Tools, although it can be other things too. But yeah, there's... It seems like they've been dropping out dribs and drabs of new tool news all the time lately. So that's kind of exciting. Can't wait to see some of the new lineup of the stuff they come out with. Maybe they'll upgrade some of the 60-volt tools as well, or at least... Um, Maybe not upgrade, but expand the lineup. That would be really good. Uh, so what else have I been on the go here? Um, so I had, <laughs> I had John on YouTube. Um, my one, my generator video for the uh, Tri-Fuel Furman generator that you guys know I'm all crazy about. He just made a comment in one of the YouTube videos, uh, the, you know, down in the description there. He's like, you know, bigger isn't always better. And I thought, you know, sometimes I say that and I don't even think about it. But he's absolutely right. So with a generator... Bigger can be better because you can run more things, but especially in a long-term power outage, haven't seen any new... Ah, that's okay, Ted. There'll be some, hopefully. <laughs> Ted, if anybody, anybody wants to know, Ted has his finger on the pulse of tool news and uh, tool deals and things like that. So if you're ever looking for good deals on tools, he, he somehow figures out these hacks on the, the uh, checkout carts and that sort of thing with the big... Uh, like Home Depot and that. Anyway, check him out. He's good at that and he always loves to share his information. But yeah, back, so back to the bigger isn't always better and it's absolutely true. So for instance, if you've got a, you know, if you're looking down the barrel of a one week or two week power outage and you've got a great big generator that you got to feed with fuel that entire time, you're looking at either a metric shit ton of fuel on hand, sourcing some fuel during the power outage, or turning it on, turning it off, turning it on, turning it off. And that's a pain that can be hard on equipment, the whole works. So absolutely bigger isn't always better. Sometimes it's good to have a backup as well. I've got one of those suitcase inverter generators. So if it were a long-term power outage, I could absolutely do that. Although uh, moving on into the next kind of section, I'm getting ready to, or I'm starting to hook that into not really a permanent setup, but I took some time last week I think it was when I had some actual downtime and I installed a quick release uh, uh, yeah basically a quick release coupling on the outside of my natural gas valve so I was able to take off uh, one of the plugs that was there and install a nice little setup so now I've got a barbecue I just bought that I converted from propane to gas and natural gas and now in a pinch as soon as my natural gas hose shows up for my generator I'm going to be able to pipe it in right there, snap it in within, 
you know, 30 seconds and I have an unlimited fuel supply. And I got to say in the eight years I've lived or almost eight years I've lived in Alberta, we've had a, you know, a yearly or a couple times a year power outage, which sucks. But in the eight years I've lived here, we have yet to have a single natural gas outage. Now everything's underground and that's great. A few years ago, a nearby town called Wainwright's about 5,000 people, I believe, they did have a bit of one in the winter and that was a really bad emergency. So, you know, all the better to have some backup fuel like propane and uh, gasoline on hand as well. But to me, getting piped into this natural gas is going to be huge. And between you, me and the fence post, I also have a 50 amp extension cord coming that I absolutely will not be back feeding through my 50 amp uh, stove range plug outlet. So I'm going to try that. We're going to test that out. And if I'm happy with how it works, then I'll have somebody come in and install a, uh, not a transfer switch, but one of those lockout switches and a dedicated RV 50 amp um, exterior outlet on the outside of the house. And so that'll allow me to, to tap in, back up the house, you know, the whole works. But for now, we're going to run it that way for a few, uh, power outage or two, make sure I'm happy and comfortable with how it's working. And we'll go from there. So what else do we got on the go? So just a couple of questions for you guys. I don't know if you have noticed, but every so often I get comments on YouTube videos that seem to get deleted or blocked or something. I know Tom is full of incredible information. He's always sharing some stuff from his handyman business, but about one out of three of his comments just disappear. And I think it's some sort of auto moderator thing that's going on. I can't figure it out. So if anybody has any suggestions or anything I should do to check in on that, I've been digging and looking. I managed to get a good setup here for the chat after having a few weeks of trouble being able to read and doing the old man glasses thing. So I'm sure I can get this fixed too, because I can always tell when Tom has a really good comment for me to read and I go to read it and then it says a uh, comment's been removed or something like that. So, and, and I know it's not always on his end, but you know. So, uh, a tip from a user called Up For Anything on MeWe. No, yeah, no, this was on YouTube. Sorry, guys. Going back to the IKEA video that I did a couple weeks ago, my tips for assembling IKEA furniture. They had a really cool tip on the idea of uh, having non-expanding wood glue in the same kit. So along with all your tools, have some of that in there and it will... Um, just basically sturdy everything up. Doesn't swell it up to snap off, but it holds everything into place. So I thought that was a really good tip. I'm going to add some of that wood glue. I've never done that before to those little dowels and stuff. I probably should, but I've never had an issue. So I'm going to do that. Ted says, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but it's happened to be on your channel. So I got to dig into it. Thank you, Ted. I was hoping it wasn't just me, but I got to figure out what's causing some of these comments to, I, I think it must be a, a community guideline setting that was probably auto set or something. <laughs> I don't know why YouTube sometimes can be squirrely with the, uh, you know, the gremlins running behind in it. And sometimes the default settings can be, you know, rather whatever, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, for the record, I got my very first YouTube ad, uh, deposit this month and I just got my very first Amazon affiliates, uh, as well. So do you have any comments? See, so here's the issue. It's really hard to find that on um, mobile. And as you guys know, I do almost everything on mobile. So I need to get myself uh, in the habit of going on the desktop site 
or coming down to the office and testing it out because that seems to be where some of that is. So I, I, I got to go in and dig. Now, I, I will say a couple of weeks ago, I went in looking for comments that, for review and I couldn't find any. Joseph says sometimes if seems spammy, suspicious, you might have to go to the street. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, maybe once a week just log in there and see because you can always tell like, yeah, you, you know, if you, if you get one of those comments that says, hot girls and then it has a time uh time stamp on it you're like yep that's going to disappear but then you get a really good comment you're like damn it i want to go back and read that and it's gone and i'm like you guys take the time to write out um a big paragraph or whatever when i finally noticed that my channel they were over oh my god <laughs> all right i'll do some digging maybe i just missed the section because i'm sure there's some on there but you get these great comments and you're like i want to go read it and comment and maybe even repost it or pin it and i can't even do that because it's gone. It's missing. But yeah, so yeah, I'll go in and check that. I don't know if you guys seen those Crossfire safety sunglasses I picked up. <laughs> yes, Ted, you spam with emojis and I love them. Every time I see it, I, he's almost always the first guy to, to post in my videos and I love it. I love the support. Keep the emojis coming. We'll call you the emoji sergeant or something like that because I love it. Um, so these safety Crossfire sunglasses I've been using, um, I like giving you guys sneak peeks at the reviews I got upcoming, but so far, so good. You guys know that I'm really hard on sunglasses, safety sunglasses, and I'm also really particular on what fits and what doesn't. And if it presses on my temples, out the door they go. I bought one of those nice pair from the Snap-on dealer that was well north of $100, and I wore them for 15 minutes, and now I'm going to sell them because they didn't work. Check mine in the iPad right now. I have nine comments. Oh, all right. Well, then I'm going to have to check mine. Uh, as far as the safety sunglasses go, those Crossfire brand that was recommended to me from a community member, uh, the they don't feel like much when you get them. Like they feel like they should break, but they're really flexible. The hinges seem really nice. They cover my eyes as well as I'd like, and I can wear them all day. And I even <laughs> the other day I was looking for my sunglasses and I was wearing them. So you can ask my son. He calls me an old man when we're working. But yeah, so far so good. Uh, yeah, so. I guess it's that time of the month. I, I, I knocked out basically all my videos for this upcoming month, other than, of course, our live streams, because that would be really weird to be able to do that. But I got all my videos in the queue, other than a couple of weekend workshop videos I'm still working on some content for. But I always love giving you guys the heads up on what's coming up. So tomorrow, something brand new. I'm going to post it on social media. But it's a community member spotlight review. So it's something I'd like to get into doing once a month. So if any of you guys, uh, I know Ryan's been in here before. Uh, I don't, haven't seen him drop by tonight, but Ryan Collette, he runs Collette Home Services down in Kansas. Awesome guy. He's followed this. Well, actually, you probably remember his name from, he was the one who won the grand prize of the, uh, the summer grilling giveaway. And he's been a follower of mine and a, a fan of the channel and a member of the community since, like I said, back when it was only my wife, my mother, and my twins watching my channel. Huge supporter. And he's the guy that did those um, business card-shaped uh, cookies that he took around to real estate agents and that sort of thing. Anyway, so tomorrow, the Money Money Making Minute uh, video is going to feature a review of him uh, that he did on one of the prizes that he won from the giveaway and so basically what i'm looking for and uh and now you do not have to be a content creator ryan would like to be one at some point but he's not now and i would like someone in the community every month to do a three minute ish tool review 
on anything. Doesn't could be something I've never talked about, could be something I've talked about a thousand times. And I'll do an intro and an outro for it, and you're, you'll have the body of the video. And that way we can share with each other uh, community members that come from the workshop, get you out there, get your social media presence shared so you can get some <laughs> new friends on social media. But more so, I like hearing new ideas from other people. It kind of came out of the idea, and I'm talking to you too, Chicken Hawk, if you want to do it, or Joseph, or anyone else. Doesn't matter. But anyway, I'm just, no, but, uh, and, you know, guys and girls who don't have YouTube channels, don't do this kind of thing. I'd love to see someone get in front of the, the camera and just do a two-minute review or three-minute review on something they use every single day or a tool they really like. So if you're looking at doing it, just record a three-minute video this way, of course, you know, two to three-minute, and let me know you have it, and then I will give you uh, some contact information of where to upload it for me and then I will uh, post it on hopefully the first Monday of the month is what I would love to do. Uh, just something new, uh, you know, something we can interact as a community and, and just share each other's social media presences and that sort of thing so we can we can get to know who each other is. Heck yeah, they'll get addicted probably. It's kind of fun. It is fun, isn't it, Joseph? <laughs> never seems like work. Uh, almost never, but it's fun. I, I love it. And you know, I was thinking, I still owe you that clip. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. You know what, Ted, you don't ever feel like you owe me anything, but I absolutely would love to see you do a clip on that system. I've never talked about it, and I think it's a really cool clip system, and I'd love to share it. So if you're up for it, just record the video, and when you have it, let me know, because it would be awesome. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, I, you know... My theory with this channel from the start was try new things, and if they work, keep doing those things, and if eventually they don't work, move on to something else, and we find things that work, like the live stream, and I enjoy that. And I may end up needing to rename the Money Making Minute, so if anybody has any suggestions for a new name, tool-related, I really like the alliteration, you know, the M's, so, but it doesn't have to be, but, you know, I don't know, I, maybe we could just call it a Monday Morning Minute or something like that, but... It'd be cool if I could figure it. I've done some searching on M words that are in the tool vocabulary and nothing really came that jumped out at me. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, so what other videos we got coming up? So you'll see a couple more. Uh, we got four community submitted tips for goof off. So you'll get to see. Uh, anyway, there's some really good ones in there. I don't want to give them away, but they've all been submitted uh, from you guys again. So I put them together. I put one to the test that really blew me away and I really liked it. I've got another video coming up for you guys, top five fasteners. So that sounds really boring to the wrong people and I'm sure some people will be like, oh, I'm not listening to that video, but I'm sure you guys will like it. It's the five, my five go-to fasteners for hanging things on a wall when I don't want them to come off or if I only want them to come off when I need them to. And I got a bunch of Toolbox Tuesday and uh, Tool Time gear reviews coming up, Shugu, Gorilla patch and seal tape, which you guys seen I've used on my pool, and I won't spoil it for you, but it, it you know, anyway. Uh, small kit, I know, Joseph, you deal with these security bits a lot more than I do, but I, I ran into a security bit issue on a cable box outside of my house that I needed to remove while I was doing the siding. Didn't have it, so I had to get creative. So I went online and found uh, just a neat little DeWalt box like this full of security bits. Nothing serious. They're probably made out of pure Chinesium, which is totally fine. But, uh, you know, and they wouldn't last a, a plumber or electrician, you know, years. But for me, uh, I might use them two, three times a year. So I'm, I'm so far so good. 
Uh, trickle charger, if you guys are into that sort of thing, I've got a review on one of those that I've used for a while and I really enjoy it. Follow up on the 60 volt string trimmer. So, you know, the first video was just an unboxing and it was great. I loved it, built like a tank, but I've had some serious time to, <laughs> to run it through its paces and I thought I would come back and answer a few questions. So there's that. Uh, the Diablo pruning blades, which you guys seen came in the Diablo, uh, I don't know, gift box that they sent me, which was really cool. <laughs> a gen tent, which is exactly what it sounds like, a generator tent. We'll see how that turns out. And I got a showdown coming up with the new IKEA rechargeable batteries to see if they still are the same as Eneloop batteries. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to do the testing based on the new PowerX charger analyzer I picked up. We're going to see how the milliamp hours stack up the origin of, uh, you know, manufacture the whole thing, and we'll see what we can come up with. But, uh, you know, from what I've been digging, they seem like they might be very, very similar. Uh, what else we got on the go? What do we got? Man, I had to go do a couple call-outs today and got to break in the new PB Switch drivers. Oh, man. <laughs> I see. Are those those little, the little stubby ones that you uh, posted, Joseph? Because if they are, I think I even said it to Becky. They have got to be the stubbiest of the stubby I have ever seen. They, they're so short. I can't wait to see uh, a video on them because they're really cool looking. And Dia yes, Diablo. I love Diablo, Ted. I mean, I hate to say it. It was, it was incredible of them to send me a bunch of free stuff. And, you know, I almost hate doing reviews on it because you feel kind of conflicted. But I said, whatever, you know, anyway, you'll, you'll see the pruning blade review. It's honest. There's some good, some bad, some ugly. Um, and they're expensive, but that's okay. So we'll, we'll see. It's all in the review when we get there. <laughs> I got the whole set of, oh, for, oh man, I can't, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They're, they're, well, they're cute. I don't know what else to call it. They're the cutest little stubbiest screwdrivers I'd seen. So, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then my next note here, I don't know if Greg, if you're still in here or not, but I, I put, shout out to Greg Arcade, YouTube and float. And so, yeah, <laughs> so if you guys aren't on float. I know I beat this drum a lot, but I love float. I just hit 800 followers over on float today. And it's a, you know, it's a freedom oriented kind of Twitter, Facebook hybrid. And I love it. I get better interaction over there and I get uh, more questions over there. That's what I like. Like, you know, me, we Facebook, you get a lot of thumbs up, a lot of likes, a lot of hearts, but over on float for whatever reason, people ask questions and I love it because then I can come on here and talk and chat and carry on and let you guys know what the answers to those questions were so <laughs> um we got new milwaukee mower coming for you now too i saw i know you like those battery outdoor gear <laughs> i know that that's exactly it i am absolutely i'm excited to to try it i don't know how i'm going to but i will <laughs> eventually maybe i'll write the company and say hey you need to send some free stuff to this canuck up here so he can test it out and run it through its paces because otherwise i'm just going to keep you know, beating the banner of the black and yellow and which I still will do probably, but I would love to give them a comparison because it's something I use on a weekly basis and I would love to try some of these battery gears. So I had a, another question from Ken and uh, he wanted to know, uh, if you guys have been following me on social, I've been reciting my house. I did a little bit today, but it got so hot that I was almost honestly a little bit lightheaded at the top of the ladder and I'm like, that's not a good place to be lightheaded at the top of a 24 foot ladder. So I called it, uh, I called it a day. So, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, he asked me why I chose, um, if, if you notice, I've been putting foam on the exterior of my house and then putting vinyl siding over top of it. And he wanted to know why I chose that as opposed to 
vinyl siding with the insulation built in. And now I'm no expert on this, but I do play one on YouTube and on a podcast. But uh, basically the reason I went for it was well, two things. Number one, by putting the foam on the outside of the clapboard, it gives me a nice, flat, even surface to put my siding on. And it, it basically builds up those gaps in the old clapboard and it gives me less thermal breaks. So when you tape all those edges, it gives you an entire full board uh, without any breaks where the, the, the draft can come through. So that's why I went that way. Also cost, um, the pre-insulated siding around here is damn expensive. So I decided, hey, I'll go with three quarter inch foam with a foil on the outside or on the inside, sorry, and we'll give it a shot. And so far, so good. I've seen it done before a few times, but this is the first time I've ever really sided. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've taught myself a lot and I'm halfway through my uh, the entire house. So I'm pretty excited about that. And the front west wall is the hardest wall of the bunch and I'm almost done that. So when I get that done, yeah, I'll be good. So I know you guys, I, I might've told you, I like talking about my business on here a little bit too, but I had probably the craziest week of work I've ever done. I, you know, I try really hard to not work weekends anymore, which I know, oh, poor Tim, right? But I love to have him with the family if I can. Doesn't always happen. Didn't happen this weekend, that's for sure. But uh, we started on Monday with a cleaning of a rental, an incredible, it was a fairly dirty rental, but funny story. So in a small town, you end up getting hired to do a lot of things. I got hired by a homeowner to trim the hedges uh, of a rental for him. Then I got hired by the people living in the rental to clean that rental out when they moved out. And then I got hired by the new lady moving in to move her in to that same rental. So in the span of two weeks, I got paid by three different people to work on the same property. So we started Monday with a great big, uh, limited, oh, right on. Uh, so yeah, we started with a great big cleanout uh, for that rental. That was a whole day's work. The next day we mowed 14 lawns. We decided to do two days work in one day. So that was really cool. Where did we go from there? Wednesday, we went and secured a bank property, did a huge cleanup there, landscaping. Hall, it was, uh, what was it? 45 minute drive out of town. We had to make multiple trips to the dump. So that was a good day. And then Friday was the day that I horribly underbid a job. I've been trying really hard to um, quote jobs over the phone and through text and that sort of thing. And this job was 15 minutes out of town and I, I, I got a description of what we were supposed to move. I was just basically counting on the furniture, wasn't really thinking about the boxes. And when I showed up, there was probably six truck and trailer loads of just boxes. Now I give them a price. I only had me and my son lined up to work. I scrambled and found my daughter and a, a young kid in town who's an incredible worker I was so happy to have. But I basically just broke even on the job. I wasn't gonna overprice her, but I will tell you this much. The next time I price a move, it's gonna include four people and I'm going to double the price because it was yeah, it was awful, Ted. I oh, I'd like to know. Put it in the comments, Eric, and we can learn from it as well. <laughs> because it was miserable. Like, and you know, the worst of it is, is when you know you've underbid a job, number one, you're going to, I don't know, I tend to rush, but also mentally it puts you in a bad spot. So you're like the whole time you're just dreading doing the job when you, when you know you've underbid it. Now I finished it. We did a great job. We knocked it out of the park. We got eight loads with my truck and trailer and another maybe five or six with the other truck 
all going at one time. We knocked it out of the park. I just felt so bad for that poor lady when she moved into her new house because there was so much stuff that they have to unpack. I can't even imagine. I, I wouldn't want to have to deal with all that. But it was, yeah, it, it just sucks. You know, it'd been a long time since I underbid. I learned from this and I can damn well guarantee that I will not underbid a house move again. I, I severely underbid it. I, I was probably honestly 33% of what it really should have been when I figured in my hourly rate and how long it took us. But you know what? You live, you learn, you move on. They're also connected to an, uh, a long-term customer that I really enjoy. So, you know what? Ah, Ted's was for a long-time customer too. So you don't mind so much when you underbid for someone who has already paid you a lot of money over the years and treated you really, really good. But yeah, Joseph says, man, that always sucks, pushes you and sometimes causes issues that makes it take even longer. They seem like a bad <laughs> snowball. Yep. When I showed up and I had the lady walk me through the house, I think next time I'm able to do like a FaceTime thing or a Zoom thing with them. But I started looking and I'm like, oh, shit. I said, we are in trouble. There is way, way more stuff here than I expected. And I'm going to pay for it. So, and Ted, it was a painting job for you. I, I have underbid painting jobs many times in the past. And I, I think I've learned from it since. But it sucks when you underbid. Because like I said, you just, you drag and you, you oh it's just miserable so yeah so that was my week really good week and then uh you know um yesterday oh and no you don't you just eat it and hope for more even absolutely yep that's all you can do and that's what i do you know i i do it move on and you know especially when it's a good customer you're just like you know you'll make it up down the road right but Oh yeah, one other job we did this week was uh, our yearly cut down of this incredibly overgrown, weed infested, uh, abandoned commercial property. So once a year, the town gets on the property owners who are in a big city a long ways away. It has uh, scentless cam chamomile in it, which is a, how do you put that? Um, a banned weed, or not a banned weed, but a noxious weed in Alberta that needs to be dealt with. So you have to go in, you have to pick all the weeds by hand, then you have to cut the grass down, which was, now oh, you can't see that. Never mind, you're an idiot, Tim. <laughs> it was about, you know, three feet in places, and then it's just patchy in other places. And it's a massive, like, quadruple industrial lot that used to store all kinds of uh, oil rigs on it. So you got to go in, cut it down, rake it all out, and then spray the entire property. But you know what? We did that last year, and we filled two garbage cans with that, uh, the noxious weeds. And this year, I had that much. I was blown away when we started pulling the weeds. So I said, we obviously did a good job. I mean, they pay us well for it, but it's basically two days worth of work that we had to fit in with all the other jobs on the go. And then yesterday I had to do all my, the big route of all my bank properties. So I had to go and do all them inspections because one I just got approval for that, I don't know if you've seen my picture on social, but again, three foot of grass, we had to go in and get it all cut on the weekend so that the town wouldn't give the uh, the bank a fine. So just a big lot of mowing and cutting and carrying on, and it was awesome. I'm dog tired, and I took well, today off, sort of, although when I'm done here, i got to run across town and load up for a dump run that I'm going to take out tomorrow morning. Tomorrow's one of them made-up government holidays that I thought the landfill wasn't going to be open for. Turns out it is open, so I'm going to do the dump run. And it stays light till, must be getting 9, 30, 10 o'clock here now. So days are getting a little bit shorter already, but I'm still looking forward to it. I love doing dump runs. They're easy. And then it's going to be really hot tomorrow. So I'm going to get started on the siding and I'm going to call it quits in the middle of the day. 
do something else, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so I don't know, how's everyone else's week gone? That was, uh, you know, that was kind of the rundown of everything we've done. Uh, my son just kicked ass this week. He works with me. And it, it's a lot of fun, man, working with your kids. I, I can be a, a, a struggle sometimes too, and I'm sure he'll listen to this and he knows. I love him to death and we bicker sometimes, which is what happens when you work with family. But I have been so damn proud of him. He has just shown up every day and worked his ass off and he's learning and he's getting it and it's fun because this is a, it's a cool business. It's not a hard business, but there's some things that you really need to learn and get a hold of keep doing that voodoo you do so well <laughs> hey cabot that's thank you very much yeah it's uh it's been a good voodoo this week and uh coming up this week what do we got on the go uh the big one one of my favorite jobs to do is what i call a front <laughs> can't talk front yard rehab so in our town the water lines are miserably old and there's not a spring thaw that goes by that there's not a dozen properties whose front yard water lines bust so then of course they come in they hire somebody to dig it up and they fix it and then they leave a big pile of gross dirt going, oh nice right on ted's going on vacation so <laughs> so there's this great big pile of dirt on everybody's front lawn and it can take a while for insurance and so I'm literally the only company in town who does it, the only company within an hour's drive of it, and I usually do two or three of them each summer. So a lot of times people just take the payout, do the work themselves, and that's fine. But I'll usually get, I, I was given three to bid on this year, and I've got two so far. Um, basically, you go in, I like to hand dig it out. It's still a big job, but we haul the dirt away. I usually fill it in the back of my driveway or something like that. Get it down a few inches, then I bring in nice fresh topsoil, and then the best part, so satisfying, I bring in nice, oh, that's all right, Dan, thank you. <laughs> I just got a text from Dan, I got it uh, earlier, and he said he's watching, but he can't sign in. That's okay, I don't know if there's something, anyway, who knows, but no big deal. We've had a lot of people in here tonight, so it's great. But then, yeah, so the most satisfying part, of course, is when you get to roll out that beautiful, beautiful sod. So, <laughs> so we only get once a week we can order sod here. So I have to order it by Wednesday morning to have it for Friday afternoon. So it'll be a weekend job, but we're going to get everything prepped and put the yard back to rights. We'll have some before and after footage, and I love doing it. It's so much fun. It's satisfying. And when you're done, it looks beautiful. Got a lot of window cleaning to do this week. And, of course, our 14 lawns to mow. And coming up next weekend, no, not this weekend coming, but in two weekends, I'm going to try to take the kids to the indoor water park and roller coaster amusement park thing. So that'll be fun. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I may, so there may be a recording for Talking Tools that one week, but I'll give you lots of notice. But next week, there's definitely a Talking Tool. So if you guys have a suggestion of what to talk about, I've got another one year later tool review coming up um, sometime probably in two, three weeks. Uh, I won't spoil that to, you know, to ruin the surprise, but I love doing those. And they, they end up, I get quite a few views from them on, uh, you know, the, the rewatches, kind of turn them into a review. Turns out, you guys might know this anyway, but you can go back and edit out parts of old videos. So you can't add anything to it, but you can always take stuff away. So if you had some issues getting the live stream started at the beginning, you can always chop that out so that it makes it more palatable for people who want to watch those reviews down the road. And other than that, I'm trying to think. We got 
We're booked out for a couple of weeks with the business right now, and that's what I like this time of year. I've been turning some work down. I just had a, another request for a, a rental clean out that we just don't have time to do. So I try to push that off to um, other companies if there's anybody around, or I shouldn't say companies, but you know, local solarpreneurs and that sort of thing. Uh, as far as the, uh, the cordless DeWalt stuff goes, you guys know I've been talking about the uh, 60 volt string trimmer. That's become my go-to. Oh yeah, you're going to see a video this week, uh, not this week, um, coming up this month on my experience with the DeWalt warranty process because I sent back my 60 volt DeWalt chainsaw and uh, it was overwhelmingly positive. But that being said, uh, I don't know if I told you guys or not, but you know the 20 volt string trimmer that I use, well when we were doing a big acreage a couple of weeks ago, my son was using it, and he, I, he was using it good. I can't blame him for that, but it up and friggin' died on him. And I had that nice upgraded still head on it. So I don't know. I don't think it was because of that heavy head. I hope it wasn't. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I sent it back. They sent me a brand new... Um, they didn't send me a refurbished unit. They sent me a brand new one. The problem was is they kept my damn still head. So they sent it back with that uh, shitty DeWalt head that's on it. And that is the one thing... It's working better on the 60 volt, but so it's not feeding string out all the time, but they still wear out so quick. So like the 60 volt is already starting to show daylight in there. So I got to replace that with the Husqvarna head I got. But anyway, that being said, they did send me out a new one. So I'm not sure exactly what went on if something just overheated because we were using them for a long time that day. But I seriously want to torture test this stuff to see how good it is. Um, I really can't wait for the day that they come out with a backpack blower that can hold up to the Alberta cold because that's the big one. If those batteries can hold up to that and they can have power and runtime that match or come close to my still backpack blower, I'll be uh, pretty happy about that. And uh, definitely time to upgrade this fall. I'm going to get two new still BR-800s. They're, I guess they're uh, strong enough to blow the hair off your head. So when I bought my two backpack blowers, the 600s were the only ones, the top of the line, the strongest ones. And my buddy in town who also runs a snow business, he ended up picking up a couple of the 800s soon after, and I've been jealous ever since. But we've got two full winters under our belts with those backpack blowers, so we're due to have a couple of backups. Backup backpack? Anyway, say that 10 times fast. But yeah, <laughs> so we're definitely due uh, to get a couple new ones and then save those smaller ones for uh, backup. So is anybody else... Uh, Got any vacation planned? I see Ted's going somewhere for a bit. I know Joseph had one a little while ago, and he might have a heck of a time getting away from the hotel the way they've been keeping him busy there. But we've got... Uh, oh, Ted sent a picture on Instagram. I'll check that out there in a minute. I bet it's a good one. He always sends good ones. <laughs> I like... Uh, if you guys ever follow him on Instagram, all the pictures of the uh, boats going by in the the water there. And it makes reminds me of Nova Scotia, except it uh, looks much warmer down there. But uh, yeah, so we... We were planning on, I don't know if I told you guys this last week or not, but we were planning on going down to Montana to do some back-to-school shopping. But of all things, the Canadian border is open for Americans to come across, but the American border is not open for Canadians to cross, at least by land. So we're kind of disappointed about that. But it'll, you know, it is what it is. We'll get down there eventually. Uh, it is much warmer. Yeah, I can imagine, Ted. Rub it in. <laughs> but yeah, the humidity too, which I don't mind. I grew up where it was humid, where, you know, you on the East Coast where you'd wake up and your, 
your room and your floor would be wet from the humidity, but it was never hot. But, uh, oh, Dan is motorcycling from Indiana to Colorado and then up to North Dakota. You're going to be, <laughs> well, see, I live in northern North Dakota, according to the guys on Zello. They love to make fun of me up here in uh, Canada. But, <laughs> but yes, that, that's awesome. Go to Mexico, then you can come across. Well, I, <laughs> see, that's the thing, right? So the best part, right, just, just for the record. So I want to go down and do a bunch of shopping and haul a metric shit ton of stuff back. There's a Harbor Freight in... Helena or Billings? It might be Billings anyway. I've never been to a Harbor Freight. I know, right? Crazy. But we don't have them in Canada. So that is the goal of going down there is to fill up the truck with Harbor Freight gear. My wife doesn't know that yet. And to bring it all back. Problem is, like I said, now, if I were to, say, go to Edmonton and fly to into Helena and then drive back, no problem. But what do I do? Do I rent a U-Haul? <laughs> I think I can rent a U-Haul and then return it up here. I'm not sure. I don't think I can do that with a rental vehicle. So we're stuck. And it just seems like they want to prolong it. But I'm not going to get into that because we're here to talk about tools. But that's why I wanted to tell you is I got to hit a Harbor Freight sometime. I, I don't know if Chicken Hawk's still in here or not, but I know he loves his Harbor Freight. And uh, I'm always just a little bit jealous when he talks about Harbor Freight and I see some of the stuff that you can get there. And I'm sure some of it's junk, just like Princess Auto up here in Canada. But I'm just excited about giving it a shot. So, Well, guys, I try to limit this to about 45 minutes. So, um, yeah, yeah, Chicken Hawk is still in here. So have you picked anything up at Harbor Freight lately that you need to tell us about? Because I know I would love to try those Predator generators um, eventually. I might pick one of them up just to, to play around with at some point. But... Uh, I'm not sure I'll get another vacation issue, maybe around Christmas time. Could we call it uh, Griswold's Christmas Vacation? <laughs> but yes, I, I know, I, I get it. Uh, it is what it is. But yeah, I wouldn't mind getting one of those Predator generators to give it a shot and run it through its paces. Because the price on them, sometimes Jack on the Survival Podcast, he'll, he'll post that as the item of the day. And I just, I can't believe they can make a semi-decent kind of uh, generator for you know, the price that they offer it and with the features that it comes with. But we'll see. I don't know. It, it, it will be nice to get down there because the wife and I, we hate being landlocked and not being able to travel because that's one of our things that we absolutely love to do is just get somewhere and do something. But we're just kind of scared about getting stuck somewhere at this point because things have just gotten kind of wonky, right? But yeah, so, oh, I wanted to show you. I'm going to try to stand up here right quick. Uh, they're not available anywhere yet, but you guys will see Toolman Tim's established 2019 workshop. So I've been testing out some of those. I know this is a color chicken hawk likes. I love my army greens. Oh, wired security cameras going to wire it in the tractor for a backup. Oh, see, you got a video coming up on that because I don't think I've seen anything come up in the feed yet. Because I'm a sucker for wired security cameras, trust me. I've been running one here for quite a while. I enjoy the system. But yeah, so these shirts, guys, I've just been testing them out. I'm sure I'll do some giveaways. Uh, I haven't really found a supplier. Anyway, whatever. I just want to test a few out for different colors and fit and that sort of thing. And I know it's, it's not like I'll sell thousands of them or anything like that, but I'd love to give a few away that you guys can wear proudly if you'd like. I know I've had a couple of requests already. Probably a few months down the road, but I like showing them off. I like these army greens and the, the army grays and that sort of thing. They, they seem to fit in with what I wear, and they, they look good while you're, while you're working, you know? 
But I like that idea, chicken hawk. So you're using the security cameras wired in the tractor for a backup camera and one on the bucket. So you can kind of see where you're digging, I guess, or down in where you're digging. I don't, I don't know. Or just maybe give you some clearance there, maybe. But I think that's actually really cool. The one on the, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I love outside the box kind of experiments with things. <laughs> so I think that'll work really good. I think it's a good idea because there's nothing worse than not being able to see where you're going when you're in heavy equipment. And well, you know, you could end up doing something really bad, right? All right, guys, like I said, 45 minutes, I've been trying to keep them to. I'll probably end up stretching them out as time goes on, but we had a huge crowd in here tonight. We hit double digits, which is awesome. And it doesn't matter, I do it if there's one of you here. I always appreciate it. But I love you guys coming in, hanging out with me in the workshop, as I say, even though wherever we get together is the workshop. Even in my beautiful lime green office, the one room in the house that has yet to be renovated. But <laughs> I think I'm going to do it down here more often because, well, it's a comfortable chair. And maybe I'll, I'll make up a new back sheet or backdrop with my logo and stuff on it. But it's really, really nice being able to have, <clears throat> excuse me, the chat up here. So anyway, Ted, I know it's getting late on the East Coast. Time for bed. It's going to be time for bed for me too. I got to go do a dump run before I finish up tonight. But anyway, guys, let's call our quits here. So I always appreciate you dropping by, hanging out with me in the workshop. And as always, you know what it is. Stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week. Thanks again, guys, for dropping by the weekly workshop. A new edition drops every week, so keep an eye out. And if you're looking for a solution to such problems as I spilled paint on vinyl siding, or I can't get this heavy picture to stay on the wall, stop by toolmantim.co and check out the Today's Tool section, where I share products and tools that have either made me money or saved me money personally or in my long-running year-round handyman business. And if you found value in this content, please take a moment and share it on your social platform of choice. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.